Welcome back to the Mackinac on Michigan show brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. I'm Jared Squirrel. And uh, so, Jared, in the first three months of taking control of Lansing, the Democrats have spent something like $2.6 billion in taxpayer money on grants to corporations, right? This is like the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, the SOAR Fund. We've heard a lot about these projects. The Ford Battery Plant in Marshall, I think, was the most recent big story, the Goshen Battery Plant. But how these projects come to be and how they're approved by the state is just a total mystery to people. Even lawmakers are left in the dark. We'd like to welcome Clara Hendrickson with the Detroit Free Press, who has a great piece on this in the paper. Uh, Clara, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. So, Clara, um, give us a big picture. How is this structured, uh, and, and why do these projects remain such a mystery to both the public and lawmakers who ultimately have to sign on the line to approve these funds going out? So something that I found was that some of the biggest economic development deals that Michigan officials have agreed to um, lawmakers and communities aren't really involved in the process of vetting those deals and mm -hmm. they're usually not brought into the process until after the amount of state dollars that have been committed to companies is is agreed upon and it's not always clear who's sort of signing off on that uh, number and, and who's making the decisions to give some companies that state support. Usually the way that this has played out is that Governor Gretchen Whitmer will join economic development officials and sometimes legislative leaders for big announcements, whether it's a Ford or a GM plant. And only after that point is our lawmakers involved in the process to actually approve the state funds that Governor Gretchen Whitmer's administration is calling for. Yeah. And I should note that this is something that under the GOP-led legislature and under the new Dem majority, you know, lawmakers have uh, approved hundreds of millions of dollars to support these deals. And we're going from a period of having bipartisan support to now having bipartisan calls to sort of change this process and how this all works. Yeah. And I mean, Michigan's entered these economic development deals usually with wide bipartisan support. I don't say that in a positive way. You know, I don't think these are, are good deals overall. But the, the interesting thing I think that we're seeing nowadays seems to be two things um, that you kind of talk about in the piece. One, which is um, that you're getting local community pushback. Um, so we're seeing mm -hmm. that on, on the Goshen deal in, in Marshall and Big Rapids locally, but also in Detroit. Um, so mm -hmm. kind of rural areas and city areas that are saying, hey, we don't think these deals are that great. And then the other part is um, these non-disclosure agreements where it's really privately done. You, you talk a lot about that where you really can't get answers on how, who determines the numbers, who determines the amount. And, and it's just not something the state answers. And I just wonder, are we ever going to get an answer on that? Yeah, I, I think it'll depend on what lawmakers do, if anything, to change this process when they created um, what's called the SOAR fund, that big pot of money that doles out taxpayer dollars for, for big economic development projects, they 
decided to give economic development officials pretty broad discretion Mm -hmm. to make recommendations for certain deals. And as you mentioned, we're seeing some local pushback now. And one thing that Quentin Messer, who's the head of the the State Economic Development Agency, said during a recent Senate committee hearing is that there is no formal process for ensuring local buy-in on a project before moving forward with it. And he said that they might need to start, you know, vetting community receptivity um, more explicitly moving forward. I don't know if that's something that would be put into state law that lawmakers would like to see, but something that they are hoping to change is just their own involvement in the process and being on brought on much earlier. Mm-hmm. It, it, and Claire, just to stick on that point, I found the Marshall plant uh, conversation, which just happened, to be fascinating mm-hmm. because you had. Uh, tons of people show up to a community meeting to oppose the Ford Battery plant and almost silence on the part of the community leaders who had to vote on its approval. And then it was, as I understand, it was just unanimous that they just did it anyway. Um, and so now you've got a problem on your hands where the, the, the citizens in that community are, are very upset with their local leadership in government, their elected officials there who approved it. Um, And I also wonder whether there's, you know, not only on the part of MEDC and so on, conversations had and and what they should be between the MEDC at state and the local officials, but our local, you know, why why do local officials keep approving these deals when when their communities are saying, hold on a second, you know, it's almost like there's something behind the scenes that the public doesn't really know about, which also plays into the entire process itself, MEDC doesn't give any transparency to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'm not totally sure there's a clear answer to that one. I, I think some communities in the past have really welcomed the deals and there hasn't been the kind of sure. local pushback yeah. that we're seeing in Marshall and in the Big Rapids area. Um, and now that there is, I think uh, officials that have kind of rubber stamped these sorts of deals in the past are feeling like they're they're being put in a, a bind and they don't have all the information that their community members are asking them to have and vetting these deals um, so something to definitely monitor going forward. I think we've definitely seen a lot more engagement um, in in the process that typically kind of passed pretty unnoticed in the past. Yeah, and it, it's hard to get answers. I mean, you know, the, the MEDC, the State Economic Development Corporation, doesn't want to give away their negotiating strategy. There's reasons why they want to mm-hmm. keep some of those deals secret, at least during the negotiation. But I think there's there's just a lot of independent research out on these deals. The Upjohn Institute um, in West mm-hmm. Michigan has looked at these. And their general feeling and what you get from economic development officials that will speak publicly um, and honestly, I think, later are, hey, the company comes in and they put proposals and, and they kind of respond to it. Um, but a lot of times they're going to they're gonna put the plant where they're going to put the plant. And they're just trying to get the mm-hmm. best deal that they possibly can. And the problem for taxpayers is you have this state agency doing a secret negotiation uh, with no say, m- minimal say from lawmakers unless they actually exercise their authority and certainly no mm-hmm. say from local taxpayers. Yeah, yeah. Something economic development officials will emphasize is that the companies don't get money until they deliver and creating jobs, deliver on creating the investment, that there are clawback provisions in place. Um, You note the research that indicates sometimes these deals would have happened anyways, even without the state support. Mm -hmm. It's always tough, though, because you can't run reverse reverse history and say, oh, like now we know that this plant would have come here anyways, even if we didn't give them hundreds Mm -hmm. of millions of dollars. 
So it's tough, and I think there are definitely a lot of lawmakers who don't want to risk taking Michigan out of the game. That's kind of how they put it, that they acknowledge that in, in some respects there's this race to the bottom between states that are trying to compete for these these big deals, um, but they don't want to choose unilateral disarmament and say, well, we'll just see what happens if we stop handing out this money. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the argument forever, and it's the argument about stadium subsidies, and it's the argument about big right. companies, but I've been around long enough on doing this research, I was in Lansing test fine years ago, and I remember it was like, we cannot unilaterally disarm. We got a shot at this Amazon facility. We got mm-hmm. a shot at this Foxconn facility. Well, those deals went other places, and they have not come to be. They were a disaster. Um, but, yeah, I think the thing on the clawbacks is, one, the MEDC just, they almost always forgive that. Um, they've done it repeatedly over the decades. And the other is, if a company was going to come here anyways, then we paid money for nothing. We paid money for mm-hmm. jobs we yeah. already would have got, and that and that's the problem. But, yeah, we just got to yeah. walk away. Yeah. And I think so So much of the challenge here, too, is that these, these can be really long-term agreements. And so even though a politician kind of gets to stake their name to it as bringing a project to Michigan, they're usually out of office mm-hmm. by the time you're able to evaluate, okay, over the course of this entire agreement, how did it perform? So that that's a big challenge too, just sort of the politics of this all and um, keeping tabs on how these deals actually pan out over time. Typically when when the state budgets, they, they set aside a pool of money, right? And then they spend mm-hmm. from this pool of money. It's unclear with MEDC how these numbers come to be, right? I mean, does the state have a pool that they can approve how much is spent out of? Or do they, do they have unlimited spending power and a blank check? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, the big fund that they use, that SOAR fund for these projects, the way it works, lawmakers will put money into that fund. Um, actually, in the recent Democratic tax overhaul, they put in a provision that um, corporate tax revenue should be diverted to the SOAR fund up to $500 million if certain conditions are met. So now there's sort of an automatic mechanism to yeah. keep putting money into that fund. But when it comes to taking money out of that fund and giving it to companies, that is something that requires uh, legislative approval by by the appropriations committees. So not unlimited resources. There is some sort of process to take the money out of the fund, but um, lawmakers have now you know, created the system that there's going to still be money coming in there for, for a long time moving forward. Clara Hendrickson with the Detroit Free Press, we've got to leave it there, and I'd encourage everyone to read uh, her recent piece, How Michigan Decides to Spend Lots of Public Money on Economic Development Deals. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, Clara. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. And we'll be back after a brief break with more of the Mackinac on Michigan show here on WJR. Mm-hmm.